Go for it. Friggin' what up, dude? Um, Strider Wilson, I'm the host of this podcast that's mine. Gonna be called History is Nice. Frickin' let's go, dude. Welcome back to another ep of History is Dank, dude. I'm your host, Strider Wilson, dude. We got Aaron going beast mode on the sticks, dude. What up, Aaron, dude? What up? Dude, just freaking chilling, dude. Do we both... Hey, we're recording early today. Here's the thing. Comedy before noon, naughty, not the easiest thing in the world, but I got my cold brew. I'm jacked up. Aaron's all hopped up on freaking NyQuil. Kidding. He's being safe. He <laughs> came to the studio. He's fine. Aaron's all hopped up on meth right now so he cruised in feeling pretty good he drove here in reverse dude he rollerbladed to the studio today down the freaking freeway dude freaking legit just yeah and hard as a rock did you ever see just, just dude just a f- big old boner cruising in dude you ever see someone with a suitcase that's not at a travel area like you ever cruise up to like an In-N-Out Burger, and I'm not talking about I'm not you know punching down being classist here, you know, like the disenfranchised. Something they'll have those, but I'm talking about just a you know regular dude just having a suitcase, wheeling it. Oh, you mean have I have I ever seen a spy? Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> I mean, you get right to you know what that meth is kicking in nicely. Let me take a sip of cold, but cheers to. That's what I'm saying. What are these dudes up to? There's no there's no reason. You should have a suitcase at a cheesecake factory. They're going to leave that on a park bench. Mm -hmm. And then some other dude's going to walk up, maybe a trench coat. Yep. Maybe that's too obvious. He's going to sit down next to that briefcase. And then he's going to get up about five minutes later, take that briefcase with him. They're going to say some sort of code word like the wind is blowing west today or New England clam chowder, something like that. The bagel flies at midnight. The bagel, (laughs) exactly. <clears throat> and then the documents have been shared. Yeah. So, you know, what's it called? Undercover agents' names are out at this point. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It just makes me go, what? And look, I'm not some conspiracy guy, but these, these are definitely, these dudes are spies. Conspiracies, dude. Annoying. Stupid. Everyone just calm down. What are people doing that need to gear up buying tactical gear, dude? Don't get me wrong. It does look pretty sick. I do. I'm enjoying my tack glasses, dude. They're they're pretty freaking sick. But, you know, you see these dudes who got like, you know, tack things on their belt for like holding their cell phone. Well, that's just just dads. You know, boots. Yeah, dads have that. I guess you you have to like have, have both hands ready. You need to catch, you know, pop flyer kids game or something like that. (laughs) <laughs> otherwise the, I might do the it. bracelet that is also like a 14 foot rope yes oh yeah bro that's hilarious whatever those like that material is that becomes a rope I'm like what are you going to be repelling from dude <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> I'm like dude but I guess if you've got a kid and you're a dad we nailed it otherwise I was like why do you want to live that that bad dude if an earthquake's <laughs> going to get me dude alright cool what am I going to go what am I so what am I rushing back to my life for? Not to get dark. I love my wife. I love my dog. But, you know, honestly, if I go down, they'll probably be better off with the insurance policy, dude. 
they'd probably be stoked if I if a freaking palm tree frond takes me out during an e-quake. That's all I'm saying, dude. Did you feel the quake on Sunday? Did what? Oh, that's what. That's kind of what got it on my mind. Yeah. Honestly, I was like, dude, should I get rope? Because I live on the third level. But then I was like, I'm chill. I'll just go down. Uh, I did feel it, dude. I was just posting up, and uh, I was gaming. I thought it was my rumble pack on my controller, <laughs> and then uh, my wife cruised in, dude. My dang guy's wife's like, you feel that? I was like, dude, whoa, legit. Oh, it it rocked our house. Do you think that sometimes Mormons? You think they'd want to live in an earthquake zone because they they like to soak? Yeah. If you don't know what soaking is, that's where you just um, sorry to get a little blue here for the kids listening. Um, that's when you um, what you what you say uh, you interlock. What's the, you dock? If this is interstellar, you've docked with the space station. You know your your shuttle has docked with the space station to use a metaphor here, um, and then you're still. You don't, because you're tricking God, because, you know, he, God's like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, there's no, there's no back and forth motion. That's not boning. That's just docking, aka soaking. But if an earthquake happened while you're soaking, that'd be tight. And technically, that's like God kind of giving you his, like, let me help you out here. Yeah. Otherwise, you got to wait for a sneeze. So, glad we got that out of the way. Um, being a total weirdo this morning. Uh, <laughs> Just being a total weirdo. But I am fired up for our topic today, dude. We're going to be talking about one of the ultimate schmoles in all of history, dude. Oh boy. And look, dude, a lot of my bros describe themselves as capital. If you meet a dude and immediately he goes, I'm a capitalist, you know, and describe himself. Like if you were to meet me and I was going to describe myself, I'd be like, I'm a freaking chiller, dude, you know. Um, I'm a dank ass hubby. I'm a, I'm a hubby now. I have that done. I'm a, yeah. I'm a dang guy. That's how I describe myself. I got psycho bros out there who describe me. I'm a capitalist, dude. I'm an opportunist. You know, there's dudes that I've seen that come back from their honeymoons in Bora Bora. They're like, look, dude, there's a lot of resources out there. We should build. We should we should bring a Chipotle to Bora Bora. We would make bank. I'm like, dude, just relax. You should have just enjoyed your vacation. So, but there's dudes out there uh, during the age known as the Gilded Age. And today we'll be t discussing a gilded schmoll, Jay Gould. So before we get into that, real quick, just got to give a huge what up to our freaking sponsors, dude. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with favorful flavorful and favorful because you're doing yourself a favor by saving time i'll tell you that and nutritious ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door i love them dude i got the this uh green curry chickpea green curry i'm all fired up on chickpeas packed with protein dude plus my freaking dank wife is a vegetarian so i love to share that with her and factor heat them up quick dude ready you know if you're having an active day running around ready in two minutes in the microwave super easy you could use the oven if you want to but i love how fast and easy and delicious they are so you know you treat yourself by heading to factormeals.com dank 50 and use code dank 50 to get 50 percent off that's code dank 50 at factormeals.com dank 50 to get 50 percent off also huge shout out to dad grass so look dude 
I'm heading to my draft weekend. I'm heading to Utah with all my boys, and I'm fired up that, you know, hey, maybe you're going on a road trip, but I'm flying, dude. And guess what? My Dagrass products, they're TSA approved, dude. And I can skip the usual stress of travel and chill out with my Dagrass pre-rolls. You know I'm bringing them for the boys and for myself before I draft for fantasy. So I'm fired up. So right now, Dagrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dagrass.com slash dank. Go to dagrass.com slash dank for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash dank. All right. So let's set the table here for the Gilded Age. Uh, this term comes from a Mark Twain uh, novel set in the late 1800s. It's, um, and it became the namesake of this era. Uh, it was when America became prosperous, saw unprecedented growth in industry and technology, but the Gilded Age had a more sinister side. That's what we're diving into right now is a period where greedy, corrupt industrialists, bankers, and politicians enjoyed extraordinary wealth and opulence at the expense of the working class. In fact, it was wealthy tycoons, not politicians, who inconspicuously held the most political power during the Gilded Age. Probably you've heard these names before. Maybe you haven't. Probably you have. J.P. Morgan. Ever heard of him? Cornelius Vanderbilt. Never trust a dude named Cornelius, dude. John D. Rockefeller, ever heard of that? Rockefeller Plaza. Andrew Carnegie, ever heard of that? Carnegie Hall. Jay Gould, name maybe you haven't heard of. So these other names that I mentioned, these top four, are usually, uh, they're sort of known as like these, uh, they don't really get the, they're kind of known as capitalists. But Jay Gould is known as Robert Barron. He actually, I think, is who the term is coined after, a Robert Barron. But Morgan, Vanderbilt, Rockefeller, Carnegie, you could make the argument that they are. They did do some philanthropy, right? They got into the arts. They gave back a little bit. Jay Gould, the schmoll? Nah, dude. <laughs> Chuck Knobloch, dude. Fuck that, bro. <laughs> no way, bro. Uh, a, gr- a good example to use here, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are in- involved in industry, steel, infrastructure. What's the main infrastructure that's being built in the 1800s? The railroad. Rail transit, dude. Just, you know, picture in your mind the dude that has his private rail car smoking stogies out the back, sipping on a scotch, dude, you know, settling the American Southwest. Going, you know, here's a classic term. The railroad's coming through town. And a great thing just to kick things off with Jay Gould before we dive into him deeper is he actually uh, went so far as to put a curse on a town. He straight up like, cursed a town legend has it this is in 1882 um the texas and pacific railroad is coming to um parts of this city known as jefferson in in texas and uh the residents all band together and they're like fuck you bro no we're not going to sell you like you don't you don't offer us great deals you're taking our land um dude imagine how much railroad railroad guys got would get lucky too and get oil land too when they're coming through buying up land from you know just, you know, folks trying to settle and make a life. And um, people at Jefferson were like, nah, dude, because they were seeing what was happening, dude. At, at this point, I think, you know, Jay Gould, he he ended up, we'll get into some facts about him, but he held 15%, personally owned 15% of, a, of the United States railroads. Um, and we'll get into his methods of, of what he did, um, how he bought up, you know, horizontal integration versus vertical. We'll get into that stuff in a little bit. And I don't want to bore you up the top. I want to lead you with curses, dude. And uh, his curse, he goes, these people won't sell. The people of Jefferson won't sell. And he goes, quote, 
grass will grow, uh, grass will not grow in your streets. Oh, he goes, grass will grow in your streets and bats will roost in your belfries, avowed uh, Gould. I don't know what that means exactly. Um, I don't know what a bat roosting in your belfry is. Maybe that's bell, a belfry. Yeah, belfry. What the hell is that? It's part of the house? Yeah, or, or like a church where the bell is. It's a belfry. Yeah, you don't want bats up there, do you? Or shitting, school, you know, shitting guano? Yeah. So this rallies the people of um, Jefferson. And in fact, I read this article in the Washington Post because I read the Post, dude. I freaking post up with the Post, dude. You know, it's hot coffee and post up with the post and just stare down old dudes, dude. And uh, he just, this, this, this quote rallied the people of Jefferson. Now, did the town of Jefferson really ever amount to anything? No. And it came from this article in 1882, excuse me, in 1983, sort of uh, quote unquote celebrating in jest, or I could say commemorating in jest, um, the hundred year anniversary of this curse. And apparently... Uh, and, and there's a little bit of legend here where Jay Gold was checked in at this Excelsior Hotel in Jefferson and he signed his name. Like you check into the guest book, he signs his name with a drawing of a Jaybird. His name's Jay. Um, so it's like that was kind of disrespectful. People were like, dude, just write your name. He just wrote a J, drew a Jaybird apparently. And then uh, and, and he wrote the curse in there too. Um, and I mean, that's pretty much pretty much it the people uh i think the town never did too much i don't even know if they had a sick ass football team maybe they had some talent come out of there at some point but um he said it would be quote the end of jefferson dude but um nah jefferson's still going along i mean they're doing their thing i don't think the thing down there's anything special sorry jefferson dude but you know just post it up so anyway he cursed a town did not get into any philanthropic and activities such as his other quote-unquote capitalist Robert Barons did like uh, Vanderbilt, Carnegie, and uh, Rockefeller, Morgan. So let's put this, let's just go to Transcontinental Railroad, 1869, it's finished. Obviously what I just mentioned was in 1882. Um, Jay Gould, he starts uh, getting into, uh, well, first let's do a little bit of the Gilded Age before we just get into Gould. And just talk about, in case anyone doesn't know about the Transcontinental Railroad, if you're listening uh, from abroad, which we do have freaking Danktorians from abroad, freaking love that, dude. Um, it just made it, like, obviously, it, it made access to the Western United States hugely, vastly, vastly, um, uh, I just fucking want to use the word vast there, forcing it, dude, but it's not really coming to me nicely because my meth hasn't kicked in yet. But it's uh, just made it a lot easier. Let's just put it that way, dude. Let's get right fucking to it, bro. Um, you know, do you check out that episode I did back in the day on the Oregon Trail, which used to be a sick-ass game that you could play on your computer. Sick-ass game. All I would do is go hunting and get dysentery. Uh, check out that episode. You used to have to travel by, you know, Conestoga wagons. You know, the daughter party famously got stranded, had to eat each other. Gnarly stuff went down. Rail transit makes this a lot easier easier expansion families moving out west settling the west starting a new life um if and if you owned the railroad you were making freaking bank dude um resulted in rail companies and their executives receiving huge amounts of money and land millions of acres um from the united states government guess what stealing that from native populations stealing that from folks just trying to settle like in jefferson we just heard about that um 
Politicians would cut shady backroom deals, help create railroad and shipping site tycoons, like I mentioned, Vanderbilt, Cornelius, Cornelius Vanderbilt, Jay Gould. Um, you have, um, you you have people being exploited for wages. You have immigrants. You have <clears throat> former um, slaves working on these for on the railroads and, and and going out west. You have Chinese immigrants, Irish immigrants. Famously, you have um, you know blasting through the Sierra Nevadas. People dying working on these things. Um, Tons of bad stuff going on, and no one's hearing about it. And these tycoons are just making bank. And then you get these, this term called muckrakers. It's a term used to describe reporters who expose these corruptions among the politicians and elite, and you know about the uh, the underpayment wages and how you know these guys are just getting fat um, uh, off the backs of you know migrant workers. Um, so this is investigative journalism. Journalism is popping up at this point. Um, and the muckrakers dig through the muck of the Gilded Age and report scandal and injustice. Uh, because the Gilded Age, you have a rise of unions. There's strength in numbers, dude, right? It became obvious that this huge disparity between wealth of the uh, the poor and the, and the working class couldn't last. Um, and they wanted improved working conditions and livelihood. And uh, this wouldn't happen without some degree of violence, dude. I mean, you've got, you know, these workers, you know, you got dynamite, dude. You got people fighting each other. You got scabs. You got all this stuff going on um, during the Gilded Age. People working together, dude. If you, you know, just just tons of stuff going down, right? You know, and then, you know, honestly, you want to prop up the union and be like, yeah, we're working for good. A lot of it was, it was uh, like, nope, we don't want women working with us. We don't want former slaves working with us. So a lot of bad stuff uh, going down, but it went down, you know, and we got to report it as it, as it is, uh, as it was, I should say. Um, so labor unions gain momentum during the Gilded Age. Um, you know, a lot of times it's unskilled, unsatisfied factory workers. That's who you think of when you think of unions. But look at today, you know, tons of strikes going on. Airport, um, writer strike, uh, SAG after I'm a member of SAG, you know. Um, so guilds, unions, sort of, uh, you know, cousins of one another. Um, you have uh, these shady deals going on and Jay Gould gets into some shady stock selling um, stuff that that le- end up basically leading to crashes later on, and 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 you know defaulting on funds, and then people, you know, the, the little man, as they say, losing out on their funds. Banks fold, stock markets plunge, dude. Millions unemployed, homeless, hungry, um, and and I mean, famously, this is when the um, an overextended Philadelphia and Reading Railroad. Maybe you heard of it from a little game called Monopoly, where you probably you know punched one of your younger brothers playing that, or he punched you if you are the younger brother. Sorry about that. I was a middle brother. I got punched and 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 dealt punches. So you know what can you do? Um, this panic. This is in April, jumping ahead to 1893. It sort of covers this whole area post Civil War up to you know turn of the century here, um, when you get like. Uh, Roosevelt, who is a progressive movement and pushes things forward, um, that sort of takes us out of the Gilded Age. Um, but uh, yeah, tons of middle class Americans. They they are the ones who tend to bear the brunt, right? Have to pay for a lot of the stuff here, while the um, you know the Carnegies, Vanderbilts, Goulds, you know, get away with quote unquote murder as you as it is. But uh, Roosevelt, he starts this great push forward. Um, and he supported, you know, he supports corporate America. 
but he felt that there should be federal controls in place to keep excessive corporate greed in check and prevent individuals from making obscene amounts of money off the backs of, like I said, immigrants in the lower class. Uh, this, is, of course, helped by muckrakers and the White House it ushers in this era of progressive, the progressive era. And you get reforms due to, um, you know, like I just mentioned, complete crashes, defaulting of loans, um, labor unions, violence, striking, all sorts of gnarly situations lead to, to reformation. Um, uh, you know, you get labor reform, you get women's suffrage, uh, birth control um, are things that come out of this formation of trade unions, um, conservation efforts, right? People are going through, you know, taking the land, you know, and, and just really, really, you know, fucking doing, you know, with industrialization and, 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 and dumping, you know, stuff like that's maybe more back east where the steel mills are and stuff, Philly and stuff like that, um, Pittsburgh. Um, tax reform, but civil rights, election reform, and fair labor standards come out of this. So, you know, by 1916, cities in America are healthier and cleaner. Factories are slightly safer. Um, <clears throat> there's less corruption, um, better housing, better working hours, wages. I mean, this is an era of child labor, right? You get these textile mills that would burn up. People would just die and, you know, they'd have, you know, their families would be like, sorry, you know, there's no um, insurance or anything like that. Workman's comp this era at this stage. So um, th this progressive era leads us up right into World War One, and then you get a wartime economy that generally a trend is a trend where, you know, if you're in a political debate, you know, you go, hey, uh, you know, Roosevelt's, um, uh, you know, FDR's, you know, he, his new era, his new deals, and everything was the wartime economy that saved us. You know, there's arguments to be made about that. All right. But that's sort of just a, a quick run through of the Gilded Age. But now we're going to be looking at some schmoles, the schmoles, and one in particular, Jay Gould. Now there's a debate, you know, why these business, wealthy businessmen are tycoons. Right? They're not just working on the American dream, but like we just went over, maybe there's a, a thesis here. Maybe there has to be checks and balances, you know, too much exploitation. We've played the game of Monopoly. It gets people mad. These guys were playing the game of Monopoly. And instead of people punching each other in the shoulders, people are dying. There's labor strikes. People are losing their livelihood, families. Kids are going into work. You've probably seen those black and white pictures where kids are coming out of the mines, you know, and all they're covered in the. They get black lung, you know, Zoolander style. Um, you know, they, they do help form the idea of this American dream, hardworking, good fortune, bring wealth. But at what, ex what expense? Exploited workers, children, low wages, long hours, dangerous conditions. It's not good. Um, obviously, we mentioned the progressives would challenge this and help create laws. But one of the schmoles. Um, who didn't really do anything philanthropic. Um, he did do a curse, like I mentioned earlier, is Jay Gould. Big, big. I mean, he basically, just to paint a word picture, if you look at him, he does look like, he kind of looks like Ulysses S. Grant. He's got that long beard, you know, that, that comb over or whatever. Um, so there's a great image here that was put in by our primary researcher here. Big shout out to Harry, dude. What up, dude? Where it's him bowling, um, down, um, it's like he's bowling down Wall Street, and the pins are like the private press, general unscrupulousness, you know, false reports, trickery, representing Gould's weapons of obtaining power. Um, excuse me, the pins are bankers, small operators, speculators, stock dabbler, uh, 
broker, inexperienced investor, capitalists, the curbstone broker, all groups that were subject to Gould's corruption. Some of some pins appear smashed in half, so really, just freaking you know schmold them up, dude. So, and then you got on the on the blackboards on Wall Street, or aka like the billboards. You got Gould's Railroad's assets were were Western Union, Missouri Pacific, Manhattan, L. Wabash. Uh, I think that's probably out of um, maybe friggin' Chicago, dude. New York Metropolitan. Um, so tons of shit, dude. Nothing like a good old political cartoon, you know. Honestly, the predecessor to the, the to the meme or the meme, which we love so much these days. So, who exactly is this Schmoll Jay Gold? Let's get into that, dude. But before we do that, real quick, once again, factor, dude. You know, we're in the thick of summer. You're busy. You're running around. You're cruising around. You got plans. I've got plans. I'm traveling a lot. I'm doing stand-up comedy, hitting the road. So, hey, when my freaking dank wife's at at girls' night, I don't want to cook. And sometimes I got to get to a show. I want to eat something easy, get right to my set, and keep cruising if I'm doing multiple things in one night. Factor meal comes in clutch. It's ready. It makes me feel my best. They're healthy. They're delicious. They're quick. So it helps me stick to my wellness goals because, you know, I'm lifting. I'm shredding, dude. I'm bulking. So it helps me stay with my fitness goals to a premium and ready-to-eat meals featuring high-quality ingredients such as broccolini, mm, leeks, and asparagus. Oh, I love it. Treat yourself to 34-plus week, 34-plus weekly restaurant-quality options like prosciutto shrimp risotto. Oh, I would actually... Me and my dank wife would have that because she actually is uh, technically she's pescatarian, so we would have that. Haven't had the green goddess chicken yet, but guess what? No reason I'm not going to order those. That sounds delicious because I'm when I'm eating on my own. <clears throat> I had a cashew pepe one the other day. Oh my goodness, dude! I, I just I I wanted to order it. I said cashew pepe for one, please, before I heated it up in the microwave. Delicious. So cashew, I mean, if you're cashew at work, pep, cashew pepe sounds like a character from Pinocchio. A hundred percent, it does. Hundred percent, it does. But let me tell you what: unlike Pinocchio, Cashio Pepe ain't no lie. How delicious for how delicious it is! <laughs> tell you that right now. So, I'm excited to try the this. Uh, I mean, they got a filet mignon. I'm excited to try that. The ones I have tried have been delicious. Saves me tons of time, dude. When I'm cruising around, doing stand up, super super easy. Um, my favorite one, like I mentioned earlier, is I really loved that um, um, chickpea green curry. It was a lime rice with it. Amazing veggies. Super, super delicious, filling, healthy. I loved it. Um, super quick, super easy, little minimal cleanup. I love that. So do yourself a favor. Head to factormeals.com slash dank50 and use code dank50 to get 50% off. That's code dank50 at factormeals.com slash dank50 to get 50% off. And once again, dude, you've just been too damn high. We've all been there. Today's weed, finding your perfect dose can be a dangerous game. So light up with the weed of yesteryear so you can chill out like they did back during the summer of love. Dadgrass is reviving the pleasure of the casual toke. And I'm all about those pre-rolls. Dude, you know I'm posting up on my balcony. You know I just mentioned I'm taking my fantasy draft with the boys. Going to be in Utah looking at the creek go by out there in nature, enjoying my pre-rolls. It's going to relax my body, mellow my mind because it's organic, smokable hemp. It's low in THC, high in CBD, so I can enjoy the effects of the cannabis while keeping a clear head. It's that glass of wine. I don't want to get too stoned. I want to be able to relax, okay? Dagrass, 
enables me to do that, and I absolutely love it. Also, like I mentioned, I'm flying to Utah, and if you're flying or traveling, all their dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S., and it's TSA approved. I'm fired out up on that. So whether you're looking for a new buzz or to chill in a way or, or to chill out in an old way and enjoy an old favorite, Dagrass will leave you in a euphoric mood. Always leaves me in one and I'm happy to share them with the boys. Nothing like the gift of giving. So I like to give my boys a nice casual toke and put them in a nice mellow mood. So right now, Dagrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dagrass.com slash dank. Go to dagrass.com slash dank for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash dank. Dank. All right, dude. Jay Gould, railroad executive and financier, who was extremely ruthless in his means of obtaining wealth. So let's focus in on this a little bit. But, you know, if you want some dates, dude, the guy was born May 27th, 1836. He's in Gemini. If you need to know that, that guy's a Gemini, dude. Uh, I'm also a Gemini, dude. But, you know, sometimes I'm a shawl, you know? And I've got a small little wink, dude. And by isn't, that, I mean a small little wink. Uh, isn't a thing about Geminis like two faced? Yeah, I'm very two-faced. You think I'm chill? Wait till you get me on vacation. I do not relax well. Okay? You know? I, I Earlier when I mentioned that guy who was looking to exploit Bora Bora, I've never been there. But when I look at screensavers, I just imagine, ooh, it'd be nice to put a nice tech, put a nice factory there, you know, make some silicone or something like that. You know? <laughs> I'd love to do that. Only way you can improve that perfect view of those white sands on the beach is if, you know, I had a nice, you know, bar there. And a bar is actually kind of nice. Maybe it goes with the resources, but, you know, maybe we can make e-scooters here. It'd be nice. You know, maybe I can, you know, build a, a port in this city, you know, run a port. Something sick. Honestly, dude, all the business ideas I have, it took me a while to get to them. You could probably tell. The only business ideas I really ever have are just warehouses, hire DJs, charge people to get in, raves, just themed raves, librarians and barbarians, CEOs, and office hoes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry to say it, but it was one. Scene chicks and emo dicks, one of my favorites. One of my favorites. These are genius ideas. If Jay Gould would have just brought the people of Jefferson County, look, look, never mind the railroad, dude. Or look, we built a railroad. Think about all the sick parties we can have here. People from all over the world can come in and dress up like scene chicks and emo dicks. There can be golf pros and tennis hoes. <laughs> I need to meet the first guy that came up with that. I'm pretty sure he was, he was probably housing a Four Locos, and he's like, here, here's the thing. Here it is. I just thought of it. Our theme, fellas. You know he was dropping fellas left and right. Fellas. <laughs> Crazy, dude. So, Jay Gould, I mean, he does have this pull yourself up by your bootstraps boot um, story. You know, he does come from modest, extremely modest means family of immigrant farmers from a young age he made it clear he wanted nothing to do with the family business he's like fuck that i'm not getting up early i can respect the hell out of that fuck your daylight savings dude even though it doesn't have anything to do with farming his father left him at school with 50 cents 
He said, here you go, bro. Here's 50 cents in your pocket. Go learn something. I guess it's better than just leaving them on the side of the road or by the railroad tracks. Nothing good ever happened there. Well, Jay Gould's going to have something different to say about that. But typically, nothing good ever happens by the railroad tracks. You know, you got a lot of dudes with suitcases. It's probably if you're a spy and you're by the railroad tracks, it could blend in as travel. You could just leave your suitcase there and probably be fine. And, you know, the documents could be shared. So through various small businesses, Gould began to work his way up, amassing small amounts of wealth from his ice, ice harvesting business and a tanning business. Dude, the guy was, had tanning booths? Nah, I wish he did. It was a process of making leather. You know, it did not de easily decompose from the skins of animals, so he would tan the hides, but would be really sick if he was the first guy to open tanning booths. He would not be a schmoll. He'd be getting people bronzed up. That'd be so tight. In 1859, he began to invest with small railways. He dealt in railroad stocks in New York City during the American Civil War. And in 1863, he became manager of the, I'm going to butcher this, it's a French one, Renesle and Saratoga Railway. So soon his wealth begins to skyrocket, buying and reorganizing the Rutland and Washington Railway. In 1867, become the director of the Erie Railroad. Um, he's, you know, now he's director. He's freaking making bank, dude. Um, he begins to be engaged in um, business war. So right now he's, he's a prominent businessman, and he enters a war, business war, dude, with Cornelius Vanderbilt. Okay? Mentioned him earlier. You got two, you know, a.k.a. Schmoles going at it right now. You know, usually they would just moon each other or try to doty tap each other. It's pretty much what Schmoles would try to do nowadays. But these guys are engaging in business war. So what do they do? Um, they use financial manipulations, including the issuance of fraudulent stock and the payment of lavish, lavish, although lavish bribes sound pretty delicious, lavish bribes to New York state legislators to legalize stock sales. So Jay, Jay Gould's out there, he's like, dude, look, bro, I got my boys. Do you want to invest in my railroad? Dude, I'll kick you back a little cash right now, get you into one of my my private dining cars, who get you a little rub and tug, whatever you want in there. Don't worry about it, dude. And, uh, you know, you just make it legal for me to sell these stocks, dude, and that'd be sick so I can, you know, I want to acquire a few more assets from uh, Carnegie, even though I've got tons of wealth already, but I want more. Only fools are satisfied. Elvis said that, dude. So in August 1869, Gould and his partner James Frisk conspired to begin to buy mass amounts of gold in an attempt to illegally corner the market known as Black uh, Black Friday. During this time, Gould used used contract contact with President Grant's brother-in-law, Abel Corbin, dude. Abel, nice, I like that name for him, dude, to influence the president. The gold corner established Gould's reputation as both an influential figure who could drive the market up and down at will. So it's basically his whim. So if you if he's if you monopolize gold or an asset, right? And back then, gold's always held its value, still does today, right? You probably heard those commercials, cash for gold. Um, he's basically, you know, he could short the market. Uh, I don't really know what that means, but it sounds sick to say. And you know, if he wants to fucking, since he owns so much of it, whatever he decides to do, buy or sell, it's going to influence. Everything in gold is one of those things like, you know, oil. They call oil black gold. Um, it's going to trickle down to all aspects of the economy. So a lot of power, right? So favored by, you know, you've probably heard of these uh, boss tweed, these tweed ring judges, his partners. Um, they escaped prosecution um, for, you know, these fake stocks that they were uh, and shorting the market at will. 
um, basically he could say something in the paper and then the investors would read it and go, oh, he's going to do this. So really too much power, right? He can manipulate, um, you know, people's livelihoods based on a quote, you know. Um, but, you know, nothing ever happens because he's got all of his uh, his boys getting his back. Um, but this, you know, leads to months of economic turmoil and rocks the nation, you know, following the failure. He, you know, he bankrupted some of Wall Street's most um, venerable financial institutions. Um, he would, so he was just ruthless. He's a ruthless guy, unethical. Um, you know, he would lost a lot of his friends this way coming up, you know. You know, the guys that helped him, you know, in his battle against Cornelius Vanderbilt, um, they're like, dude, you're, you're going, you've gone too far, sir. You know, it was like that, that scene in um, fucking uh, The Patriot when General Cornwallis played by, I forget that actor's name, but he's a sick-ass actor. What's his name, Aaron? Tom Wilkinson. Yes, and he goes, Rabington, damn him, damn that man. Just doing too much, dude. Um, you know, he's friendless to the end. When he dies, um, he leaves an estimated fortune of $77 million, which if you uh, do the math today, it's worth about $2 billion. So he's a billionaire. Um, dies from tuberculosis. tuberculosis. Um, so, you know, he just, he, he, he did encapsulate the American dream, but he abused these ideas of it, right? He abused it. Um, but with bribery, insider stock manipulation, and, you know, didn't get up there the fair way. I mean, one of these guys, <clears throat> So one of my favorite movies, if you want to look at like the Gilded Age and all that type of stuff, There Will Be Blood. I mean, it's basically a religious allegory. You see Daniel Day-Lewis rising up from the oil. He falls into the earth. He is a devil, right? He's one of these robber barons, and Jay Gould, you know, he's oil. Jay, Jay Gould sort of did this with with rail instead of oil, but a great movie. One of my favorite movies to watch. It's really weird that I like rewatching that movie, but I also just love, you know, you got great quotes that I'm sure I just kept picturing Daniel day Lewis and there will be blood when I was thinking of Jay, Jay, the fricking boner ghoul dude. Um, and just him, you know, sipping whiskey by himself and, you know, famously beat someone with a bowling pin. You know, there's, there's some imagery there has his own bowling alley, right? He's not going to, when you build your own bowling alley, dude, it means you're not going out with friends to a bowling alley. It's a problem there, you know? So, although I guess you could have friends over, but he's not, he's having Elijah over and he beats him with a bowling pin. Cause he says, I drink your milkshake, which was a famous, famous speech in Congress. Um, and Jay Gould, he freaking, you know, he built the railroads that would, you know, go through all the towns, take people's livelihoods, lands from the name, you know? So, just a freaking, just a freaking schmoll, dude. No better way to put it, dude. Um, let's see. Pretty much hit you with his whole path there. I'm trying to look through if there's any quick fun facts, dude, before we bone out of here, dude. Um, you know, maybe let's just end on a, a positive note, you know. Out of the Gilded Age, you've got someone named Jane, Jane Adams. <clears throat> best known as a philanthropist of the um, Gilded Age in 1889. She and Ellen Gates star established a secular a settlement house in Chicago known as the Whole House. Um, still. Um, the Whole House um, was a melting pot of, for struggling immigrants and uh, provided everything from uh, midwife services and basic medical care to 
to kindergarten, daycare, and housing for abused women um, during this era. Also offered English and citizenship classes. Adams received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1931 for her work back in, um, uh, you know, 1889 and beyond. So, you know, with uh, you have this era of you know prosperity, but of course, that double-edged sword. There are two sides. But um, during an era of darkness, it also allows for um, some of the brightest stars to shine. Jane Addams being one of those. Um, you know, you got you get prohibition that comes out of this. People boozing. People are stressed. Stress travels downward. You know, um, <clears throat> and, and at that time, you know, socially, women were were, were right near the bottom. So, um, you get change that is good that comes out of this era. Um, you get schmoles like Jay Gould. Um, but you get chillers like um, Jane Adams. So I wanted to end with a little bit of positivity there, but got to give a big shout out to Harry who brought this uh, this you know gilded schmoll in um, into the the limelight here because you know when when you can look at we can learn from from um, you know they say in in Wall Street you know Michael Douglas greed is good can be good to a degree but we have to check things. You know, completely free markets, complete freedom. Um, people, you know, can lead to, uh, you know, the, as the Greeks would say, barbarianism. You got to have civility. You got to have class. You know, um, you got to have the right checks and balances um, and the right regulations set up to, um, you know, help. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to hinder progress or you know prevent anyone from achieving that american dream hell yeah go get it dude. get after it bro fired up on that but you know you can't be doing it to the detriment of others like what happened in the gilded age so freaking fired up to share that dude fired up dude go after it chase it dude get your hustle on start your only fans if you're a dude spread your butt whatever you got to do do it you know <laughs> keep the lights on but um do it with class, you know, spread your butt, but be wearing a tuxedo t-shirt, something like that. So fired up for this app, dude. Um, Harry, once again, big shout out to our primary researcher um, today and uh, fired up, dude. Leave a question, you know, questions, comments, suggestions, corrections, always welcome. <clears throat> Check out the Patreon. Freaking stoked, dude. Stay freaking stoked. Catch you guys on the next one, dude. Let